Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Remember when we were kids? Remember when we were kids? Hold your horses. Hold your horses. <laughs> Remember that? Hold the presses. Hold the horses. Hold whatever you need to hold. Stand by. The race is not over. The race is not over. I've got enormous updates for you. Earth-shaking updates, Arizona, Pennsylvania. Listen, the path is difficult. I'm not here to spin your wheels, get everybody overly excited, but it's time to fight. Fight time is here. It's arrived. Cutesy time can come later. This is fightsy time now. And by fight, I don't mean the leftist definition of fight, that we're beating the crap out of our neighbors and burning buildings down. That's a leftist thing. I mean, this is the time to do what we've always done. Go through the process and get every single legal, legal, legal vote counted. Major, major updates today, including a segment on how we have to learn how to fight like the left. A fantastic piece I hope to get to today about how exactly we need to take lessons from the left and fight like they do. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, protect your online activity. Surf the web in peace. Get a VPN, don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, you know, I'm doing pretty good at the time of this recording, but I'm sure I'll get yeah, better. At the, t- <laughs> at the time of this. That's an inside joke. Joe, Joe and I just, <laughs> very funny. I there like go, that. Dude. Very good. Maybe I'll explain that to you someday. It has a lot to do with our terrestrial radio footprint. All right, one more programming note before I get to our sponsors, get to the show. We are loaded today. That was, I didn't expect that. By the way, Paul, Lucy, I just want you to know, is out of the cage running around, out of the little kennel box there. So just in case she starts eating the wires for the show and the show goes down, blame it on Lucy, folks. That was her fault. So tomorrow, not to involve you unnecessarily, but you are my audience. I love you to death. Uh, I have, a, I have to have a surgery again tomorrow. I'm really getting tired of getting cut open and poked and prodded. I, um, I have to have a surgery in the morning for the, you know, the whole, you know, cancer thingy. And uh, <laughs> you can you call that a thingy? I guess so. When it's yours, you can. Uh, yeah. Not when it's someone else. Whatever you um, want. So the cancer yeah. thingy, yeah, it's kind of a little obstacle. Uh, <laughs> I have to have a port put in my chest tomorrow morning. What's that? Bad timing? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so uh, I have to do that tomorrow in the morning. Dr. Todd, good man, going to help me out. So what I'm going to do is early in the morning before the procedure, I'm going to record the second half of the show. I just don't want to spin your wheels. It'll be timely. Right. But in order to stay on top of the news and because I don't want to dial it in for you at all, when I get back from the surgery, I'm going to record the first half of the show because I know there'll be breaking news while I'm underneath the whole anesthesia thing. So tomorrow's show will be interesting. It'll be the first time we've done that. Don't miss it. All right, let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by our friends at iTarget. This year has reminded us of many things, including how important it is to look after the ones we love. The hol- this holiday season, give the gift of safety, accuracy, and most important, self-defense. Give them iTarget Pro. Most of us don't have the time to train consistently at the range. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, it gets expensive. You got to go to the range, buy the animal, you got to clean up, you got to go there. We have all the COVID stuff now. What if I told you you could train in your house, the safety of your own home with a proprietary app and laser round? You can iTarget Pro. Ladies and gentlemen, I get tons of feedback on this. It's a laser round. You insert it in the firearm you have now. You don't have to make any changes to it. Then when you uh, depress the trigger and you're dry firing, that laser round emits a laser onto a a target. It comes, uh, you can download the app and you can see exactly where the rounds would want. People love this system. Today, you can save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code Dan at checkout when you go to itargetpro.com. It is the smartest, best way for you to, listen, if you don't have good marksmanship and you don't have a firearm, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. This holiday season, give the gift that is a, uh, that it's itarget, itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com. That's the letter, itargetpro.com. Use offer code Dan. It comes in all major calibers, including 223 and 556. You can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Again, itargetpro.com. Use offer code Dan. All right, Joe, let's go. Whew, do we got, I'm taking notes so I don't forget. Do we have a lot going on today, ladies and gentlemen? Let's get to story number one. No more Mr. Nice Guy. I'm sorry if you're not down for this fight. You're one of these, uh, you know, Republicans ready to surrender this fight already. Then you are not one of our Republicans. Please beat it. Exit quietly. And don't let the door hit you in the arse on the way out. Um, this is time to fight. This race is not over. I'm not willing to concede it's over. And if you are, 
um, which you're, most of you in my audience aren't. Even even Ben, who emailed me, emailed me back saying, you're right, Dan, it's time to drop the diapers and get back in the fight. Thank you, Ben. I told you. You want to give up? Go ahead. I'm not. Thank you. Folks, this happened to me. The left steals elections all the time. It happened to me directly. When I ran for Congress in Maryland District 6, we won the race on election day. We were up by a nor an enormous number of votes, relatively speaking. We found out the next day that a bunch of absentee counts had come in and we were losing them dramatically. And all of a sudden, somehow I was losing the race. The race got called about four or five days later. Of course, uh, we wound up losing that race. But what was fascinating is we only lost by a couple thousand votes. And what was really, Joe remembers this really well. What was really interesting about that race, which we, uh, by the way, we were, the polls said we were down 20 to 25. So you can throw polls out the window too. Go Would have been the biggest congressional upset in the country. Is yeah. we found out later that even though we lost by 2,000 votes, upwards of 10,000 plus people voted in that election who told the uh, uh, jury duty folks when they were uh, scheduled for jury duty that they weren't citizens. Wow, that's weird because only citizens can vote. Listen, it's over. I lost, whatever, I moved on. But you know what? I regret not fighting that now. Hmm. I do. Paula said to me this morning, tell that story because it's one of the great regrets of my life. You know, we decided to play nice and play cutesy and oh, we don't want to sound like sour grapes and you know, we'll, we'll live to fight another day. Nah, I regret that now. And I'm not going to make that same mistake twice with the president's election. And either is the president of the United States. If we lose this race fair and square with every legal vote, then that's fine. I will not be donning a pink hat, burning down a building and beating the living crap out of my neighbors. I'm not a leftist. I will go to work the next day like many of you and we'll fight for the midterms and in 2024. Got it? We're not leftist lunatics. But until you can show me we actually lost this race, the fight goes on right now. And if you're not down for that fight, exit stage left. And please don't talk to anybody else on the way out because I don't want your weakness to infect anyone else. Not lecturing you, my audience, folks. You all are great. But there are some people out there already ready to give this up. So as my awesome grandmother, God rest her soul, Eileen Sadler used to say, hold your horses, Daniel. Hold your horses. Arizona is back. A little down on Arizona yesterday. Not you Republicans out there who voted, but the Arizonans, Cindy McCain and others, who screwed us up in the state. And mm, we'll leave that for another day. This race shouldn't even be close, but it is in Arizona. Arizona's back. Look at this Arizona Central article. Ladies and gentlemen, a major tranche of votes came in last night. In latest batch, Trump gets share of votes he would need to reclaim Arizona. How's that possible? Fox News already called out their decision desk. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? But next rounds of ballots present new challenges. Folks, Arizona is still in play. I don't care who, why, or when Arizona was, quote, called. I'm uncalling Arizona, and I don't care where you work or what you said or who called it. This race is still in play, and anyone telling you otherwise is lying to you. Is the path likely for President Trump to win Arizona? Probably not. Is it possible? Is it highly unlikely? No. Is it possible? Yes, it is. Let's look at the screenshot from the Arizona Center. Where's the dog? Where is she? She's roaming around. What's she doing here? She, okay. All right. I know. I, I know. But the, the dog, you know, she's roaming around. She's going to eat my one of my uh, my feet or something like that. The dog chews on everything, including toes. Arizona Central article. Trump won the batches of ballots from Maricopa County counted Wednesday and early Thursday by a roughly 57 to 40 margin over vo former Vice President Biden. Those votes, likely early ballots sent to the county on Monday and Tuesday, narrowed Biden's lead over Trump in Arizona to 68,000 votes when his lead had been more than 90,000 votes earlier Wednesday. Here we go. Listen, listen, listen. Paul Bentz, a Republican pollster with the consulting firm High Ground, said Trump needs to win 57.6 of the 470,000 votes that the Arizona Republic estimates remain to be counted. Quote, that's almost exactly what he got in the first batch, Bentz said. He could do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the gap is closing. Now, to be clear, because we're not going to do Pollyanna stuff, we're not going to give you unrealistic estimates of what happened that aren't timely, 
At the time of this recording, this is what's going on right now. Stuff is changing by the minute. All right. See, so, yeah, I heard you. I don't think I don't listen to what <laughs> producer Joe said. <laughs> we still need Pennsylvania no matter what. But you're talking about Arizona. I am. But Arizona won't matter if we lose Pennsylvania. Can I be, let me just be crystal clear on that. We need Pennsylvania no matter what. I'll get to Pennsylvania, what's going on there in a moment. Having said that, Arizona had a larger tranche of outstanding votes than we were led to believe when the decision desk at Fox called it the other day. Everybody gets why that matters is the smartest audience in the business. If you're telling me Trump is down by 400,000 votes and there's only, say, 100,000 votes outstanding, you can pretty much call the race, right? If you're telling me Trump is down by 100,000 votes and there's 400,000 votes outstanding, the dipsy do flipperooski, flipperooski, dipsy dooski, all of a sudden we got a whole different scenario. No, no. The verdict is in. Math wins. She's mad at me now because I worry about the dog. I can tell, I know my wife better than anybody in the business. She's like, just do this show. Just do this show. Don't worry about the dog eating your dog. The dog's part of the show now. It's the greatest part of the show. You've been led into my whole life. If there are 400,000 votes outstanding and President Trump's only down by 100,000, arithmetic wins the day every time. We can win this in Arizona. I don't care that the decision desk at Fox called it. I don't work for the decision desk. I work for Fox. There are people at Fox who don't agree with the call. You heard it on the air. I'm not giving you inside information. The decision desk can do what they want. That call should be retracted immediately. I'm really sorry. Now, what's the path? I told you yesterday the path was Pennsylvania and Nevada. That is a viable path. If Pennsylvania and Nevada go our way, in Nevada, we're only down 8,000 votes in Nevada. If Pennsylvania and Nevada go our way, we don't need Arizona. Having said that, I really don't want to lose Arizona either, regardless if we need them or not. Arizona should be a red state. I don't understand why people fleeing California to move to Arizona are voting for the same things that they fled California to get away from. That doesn't make any sense to me. Joe, does it make sense to you? Doesn't not at sense. all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm not right. No. Uh, so California sucks so bad you flee to Arizona to get away from it, and then you vote in the same stuff you were fleeing from. Uh, don't, don't get that. Don't quite understand that. It's like the Marylanders who moved away from Maryland to move into Virginia and then moved to Virginia and made Virginia blue, just like Maryland. Now people are fleeing from Virginia back to Maryland. So just to be clear, before we wrap up what's going on in Arizona, Arizona right now, right now, at the time we record this, is in play. I don't care what anyone else tells you. Does it mean we're going to win it? No. Does it mean it's possible we could win it? Yes. Likely? I'm not sure. We still need Pennsylvania either way. If we win Pennsylvania and Nevada, we do not need to win Arizona. It would, in fact, be nice, but we don't need it. Here's the issue, though, in Arizona. Again, before we wrap up, so you have a full spectrum analysis of what's going on. That initial tranche we saw of 100,000 votes went heavily for Trump and cut substantially into Biden's lead in Arizona. The remaining tranche of votes may not go as highly for President Trump as they did before because they're thought to be potentially earlier mail submission votes. Why does that matter? That matters because the votes that were dropped off by air quotes mail on election day were likely Trump voters who tend to vote later. The voters who submitted their votes early by mail, Joe, Joe, check me here if it doesn't make sense, earlier Mm -hmm. by mail were thought to be Democrat Biden voters who got their votes in early, really Mm -hmm. early in the process. Make sense? So that's why I'm optimistic. Arizona, there could be something could happen, but I'm not I don't want to get crazy here. We'll see what happens with the rest of those votes. Responsible coverage matters here. I'll say again, the decision desk has to rescind this call, retract this call right now. Here is what I'm worried about, ladies and gentlemen. One, I'm worried that they could be wrong. Two, what's, I don't understand, what's the hurry? What's the, what's the hurry? I don't get what the hurry, I don't understand what the hurry is. The presidential electors don't have to certify until December 14th, and the safe harbor date where we have to make a rough decision by is December 8th. So what's the rush? 
I mean, I don't understand. You want to count every legal vote in Pennsylvania where Biden's down, but we don't want to count every legal vote in Arizona. I don't care what's going on. What's the rush? Why the rush to call the state? I don't know. I'm missing this. They must rescind that call. Let me explain to you what I think is going on here. With the media in general. They are eager, as I explained to you yesterday, I hate repeating points in a show, but this point is critical. They understood in the 2000 Bush-Gore recount, George W. Bush, Al Gore. Everybody remembers the count dragged on until December. The Supreme Court of the United States had to get involved and stop it. The Democrats learned a lesson from that. The lesson they learned, Arrowhand, the lesson they learned from that is when you lose the political debate and people accept and ingrain in their head that one candidate is one, it becomes increasingly difficult in the courts to overwhelm the political pressure from the media, from the courts to rule one way. Does everybody get that? Don't think for a second justices on the Supreme Court within states and within the United States Supreme Court at the circuit and appellate level aren't subjected to political pressure. They are not going to want to overcome a political outcome. So if the media calls Arizona early, Arizona's in the bag, right? They call Arizona early and Joe Biden wins Nevada today and they call Biden as president the political pressure to not overturn a false call is going to be overwhelming. Does it, Paul, does that make sense? Sorry, Joe, I don't mean to. Uh, no, man, no, no. To, to cut you out as ombudsman, but sometimes no, I need a second good. opinion like yeah. a doctor. Once it's ingrained in the public psyche that Biden is the president, even if he's not, the judges and the justices in the Supreme Court and judges all over the country are going to be very, very scurred, scurred to overturn that. The Democrats figured that out in a Bush mm -hmm. v. Gore election mm -hmm. where Gore at no point, at no point ever, don't listen to your liberal friends, they don't know anything. At no point ever did Al Gore overcome Bush's lead in Florida. No point. There was never a vote count on any recount ever, and there were many where Gore was in the lead. Not one. And that killed him because Gore could never claim he won Florida. You know why he couldn't claim that? Joe, why do you think? Because he because didn't. He didn't. <laughs> yeah. Because he didn't. Biden has a separate issue. Biden is ahead in these vote counts in Arizona and Nevada. I'm not suggesting he's going to remain ahead. But the minute the media and the politicians can declare him president, whether he's ahead or not, oh, they will. And it's going to create a major, major headache for us in the courts, even if Biden later on loses. That's why the retraction from the decision desk is critical. We don't know yet. I know what you're thinking over there. It's okay. It's okay. Over there, I'm talking about the Paula area. That's He's the queen of that area. I don't even go over there. I'm not even allowed. You need a visa to go over there. Let's move on to Pennsylvania. Because if we don't win Pennsylvania, it's over. Now, explain to me again. I'm just kind of curious, Joe. This is a weird one. How Florida a state that has a dramatically larger population than Pennsylvania managed to wrap up its vote count on uh, election. And we're pretty much, we're done down here. We got mm. a victory in Florida for President Trump. Pennsylvania, with a much smaller population, is counting votes till when? Christmas? When are we going to get a vote count, Pennsylvania? You can't figure this out. Of course, it's a state run by a Democrat governor. It's not your fault, Pencil Pennsylvanians. Um, it's your governor who's a, you know, a left-wing lunatic. They can't figure out, of course, how to count votes in Pennsylvania, which is quite embarrassing. But what's going on in Pennsylvania right now? If we don't have Pennsylvania, we have nothing. Again, I can't say that enough. It doesn't matter if we win Nevada and Arizona. If we lose Pennsylvania, game over. We're up in Pennsylvania. And magically, Joe, the count goes on in Pennsylvania. They can't seem to figure this out. This whole voting, count them things is really weird. Yeah. At the time this is recorded, yeah. At the time. <laughs> but I just watched the Examiner article. Because I want to explain to you the so chaos in Pennsylvania and what's going to wind up happening. And how this ties into what's happening in North Carolina. Dan, we're getting crazy. North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Arizona, there's a lot going on, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We got a lot of pieces to screw together here. Washington Examiner, Jerry Dunleavy. Trump campaign seeks Supreme Court intervention in Pennsylvania mail-in ballot case. What's going on in Pennsylvania? Please read the show notes today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. The newsletter is the show notes. Please. I have it all laid out for you today. You read today's show notes, you'll have a full grasp of what's going on. This case, this uh, story's in there. 
What's happening in Pennsylvania is the law, the written law in Pennsylvania, election law, passed and certified, is that if a ballot is not received by election day at 8 p.m. Eastern time by election officials, that ballot is not valid. Does everybody understand? That is 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. election day or election night. Copy. Yeah. The Supreme Court in Pennsylvania jumped in and said, no, no, which is dominated by leftists. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court said, no, no, no. We're going to change that to as long as it's postmarked by election day, the ballot, you can receive the ballot up to three days later and it still counts. There's a problem with that, Joe. (laughs) The problem is that's not what the law said. And if you want to rewrite the Pennsylvania election law, you do you. But you have to actually, Joe, this is crazy. You have to actually rewrite Pennsylvania election law. I know that's insane to liberals. You're like, what do you mean? We can't just make it up on the fly. No, you can't. But then the courts, um, yes, uh, I will respond to you. But liberals, the Constitution, the Constitution is crystal clear that election law will be written by, wait for it, Joe, state legislatures. Oh, my gosh, not courts. Yes, that's right. The Trump campaign, if they lose Pennsylvania due to not, not legally counted ballots, in other words, ballots that are illegally cast after 8 p.m. on Election Day. Again, the whole law thing, I know, gets in the way. By the way, those are if Republicans didn't get their vote in by 8 p.m. in Pennsylvania, your vote shouldn't count either. Let me be crystal clear. If we lose fair and square to do legal votes, fine. I'm not like a Democrat. Only count. Let's only count Biden votes. Screw the whole, you know, vote for the other guy thing. They're taking the case to the Supreme Court, the Trump campaign. And they're, what they're going to do is Pennsylvania has now moved ballots received after 8 p.m. on Election Day into a separate pile. If the Trump campaign loses Pennsylvania and the numbers are there to show that they lost due to ballots cast, follow me here, after 8 p.m., which is against Pennsylvania law, mm-hmm. they will win that case in the Supreme Court, the U.S. Okay. Supreme Court. Make no mistake. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say that because it's John Roberts. Make right. maybe a little bit. I, Roberts, even though we got Amy Coney Barrett now, I let me, let me rephrase that. I'm confident we will win that case in the Supreme Court. Having said that, I've spoken to some people on the Trump team. If we lose Pennsylvania by an amount that exceeds the amount of ballots received after 8 p.m. on Election Day, they doubt the Supreme Court will take the case because it wouldn't technically overturn the Pennsylvania outcome. Everybody tracking. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I'm reasonably confident, even if we lose, air quotes, lose Pennsylvania due to illegally cast votes, that we still have an avenue in the Supreme Court. Because, again, if we don't win Pennsylvania at this point, this race is over. Time for lullabies. One more point, and we'll get to our second sponsor here. What does this all have to do with North Carolina? (laughs) Arizona, we're still counting. Nevada, we're still counting. Pennsylvania, we're counting, but we still have the court option. And by the way, the Supreme Court has already said, keep those after 8 p.m. ballots on the side because we may rule on this later, even though John Roberts abandoned us earlier on this. North Carolina came out yesterday and said, hey, by the way, um, we're not going to finish our counting because North Carolina has not been certified yet and no winner's been called, called by the by the decision desk or others. We're not going to stop. Our, we're not going to restart our counting and give you a number until November 12th. Why, why do you why do you think they do anyone? Anyone here in the Paula, Joe, anyone have a theory? You have a theory? No, 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 good guess. But Joe, you have a theory on why North Carolina? Need you to explain. Okay, let Mm -hmm. me tell you. That's what I'm here for. Don't worry, folks. Sometimes I throw pop quizzes. It's okay. North Carolina is run by a Democrat right now. It's a largely Republican state, but it's run by a lunatic Democrat governor. Um, And sadly, Democrats have a lot of power in North Carolina. A lot of power to do things that are unethical. I have a theory on this, and I think from what I'm hearing from my sources on the ground... I'm pretty right. The Democrats are now panicking that Arizona may flip to the Trump column. They're also panicking that they may not have enough votes in Pennsylvania to overcome Trump's lead. Trump wins Pennsylvania and Arizona. 
Trump wins a second term. Oh, but that second term and that win cannot be certified without North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, bank on it. President Trump won North Carolina. Everybody knows it. Strangely enough, though, nobody's calling North Carolina because there's still just a few outstanding votes they could count tomorrow. You see the game they're playing here? You don't hmm. see it. It doesn't make sense. Paul is saying no. Okay. Okay. They're playing two games, the Democrats, because they're smart. Devious, but smart. They know President Trump could have won this election. They know they have to create political pressure either way, if President Trump won or lost, to get Biden in office. How do you do that? You have news outlets declare states and the race are over no matter what. They'll stop the counting and move on. Or they'll count. This is what they'll do. They'll, they will declare the race politically over. There'll be political pressure. Democrats will take it to the courts. They think they can win this thing no matter what. If Trump wins... Because they certify North Carolina early and Trump wins Arizona and Pennsylvania. The political pressure is gone. You have a Bush v. Gore scenario. So they're probably hinting, winking and nodding to North Carolina. Hey, you need to buy us time because if Trump wins Pennsylvania, Arizona and North Carolina, it's over. We don't have the political pressure. You get it? There buy us go. time. Buy us don't time. count yeah. until November 12th. Buy us some time here. If you can buy us some time to create reverse political pressure back to Biden, do a lawsuit or something else, you're buying us stuff. That is why North Carolina is holding out. My theory. Does it make sense now? The Democrats need to buy time in case Arizona, Nevada, and Pennsylvania flip. And it can't be certified without certifying North Carolina for Trump, which everybody knows they want. So we had all these media people pre-certifying the outcome in Arizona for Biden and holding off certifying the known outcome for Trump in North Carolina so they have a relief pitcher in the bullpen. Just in case. All right. Loaded show today. Got a lot more. Let me get to my uh, second sponsor today. Our friends at Omax, which has come in uh, very handy. I've been going through uh, buckets, gallons, crates of this stuff. Omax, ladies and gentlemen. OmaxHealth.com. Use promo code Bongino for 20% off site-wide. There's CBD roll-on here. Look at it. This stuff is just like magic. I've been using it for aches and pains, which um, have grown substantially. But living with chronic pain kind of, can I just be honest, kind of sucks. Um, it's it's worse than just discomfort. It ruins your life. You know, you can't work out as much. You can't work out as hard. Sometimes you can't even walk up the stairs. I got My house is up on stilts here, so you got to walk up the stairs. My knees hurt. A lot of things hurt. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain, try cryo-free CBD roll-on. It's a natural breakthrough pain relief solution developed by Omax Health. It's non-prescription, triple action pain relief. The roll-on is specifically formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. Paula, how much you love this stuff for your neck? See, she should come over and say hello. She gets this cranky neck in the morning. This, it says here the best part is 100% natural CBD-powered memory. It works its magic within 10 minutes. I dispute that. Honestly, I think within a few minutes, my experience, two to three minutes. They're being nice. But 10 minutes after application, relief lasts up to eight hours. Again, my personal experience, relief lasts for days sometimes. I don't get it back for days to pain. This stuff is terrific. Can't recommend it highly enough. Omax Cryo Freeze. We get a ton of positive emails about this product. I send them right on to Omax. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on. This discount also applies to any product site-wide. That's terrific. Just go to omaxhealth.com, enter code Bongino. That's omaxhealth.com, enter code Bongino. Get 20% off cryo-freeze and site-wide. Athletes like pro golfer Kyle Stanley use cryo-free CBD to recover on and off the course. They've got 95% five-star reviews page after page. Consumers say they try everything and cryo-freeze is the best. Check it out. Simply roll it on the area it hurts. It's that easy and just ice out the pain. It feels nice and cool too, right? If you put it on. No messy creams or horrible fragrances like some of the other products. CryoFreeze works within 10 minutes of application, improving physical training, recovery, and performance. Go to omaxhealth.com and enter code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, to get 20% off CryoFreeze and site-wide. This product is a real deal. omaxhealth.com, enter code Bongino to get 20% off and site-wide. All right, thanks, Omax. We appreciate you uh, supporting the show here. So, folks, um, let's move on. That's the election count update. Important. You need this information. Second, let's go to, because we got to, listen, we got to war game this, okay? Um, we have to do, <laughs> yeah, yeah, any of you that went to business school, SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, you remember that? 
We'd be idiots not to tactically game this out. The left is doing it for us. So however painful it may be, if, if, big if, I have it underlined with capitals, IF, double underlines, if Biden wins, what happens? We have to game it out. I am not conceding anything, anything, anything. I'm just saying if he wins, what happens? Here is some good news. Not good news if he wins, but the good news is if Biden pulls this out, Ladies and gentlemen, this is the lamest of lame, lame ducks you have ever seen. Listen, folks, it's obvious. It's not personal. I'm not mad at the guy for it. But it's obvious Joe Biden does not have the cognitive capabilities to handle the job of the presidency, folks. It is obvious. We don't need to pile on there. The man obviously was running the Biden crime family, so his morals and ethics are, are just uh, disturbing and disgusting. But no one's medical condition like that is in any way an object of, uh, should be an object of anyone's humor because it's not. Uh, but he is, you know, and could be the president of the United States in a few months and he cannot handle the job. That's number one. But we already know that. Why would he be a lame duck? Well, let's go to this Axios article, which is important. It'll be up in the show notes today. I don't use Axios that often. They have a pretty left-wing bent. But when I do, they have something to say that matters. GOP Senate wins wreak havoc on Biden transition plans. Folks, Biden would be the lamest of lame ducks. Now, even with this story, I'm going to give you the good news, bad news. Let me give you the good news first. Cocaine Mitch could strike again. He could go full cocaine Mitch. What do I mean by that from the Axios story? (laughs) A source close to McConnell tells Axios that a Republican Senate, which looks likely, it may be slim, it may be 51-49, but doesn't look like we're going to lose the Senate would work with Biden on centrist nominees, but no radical progressives or ones who are controversial with conservatives. The Biden agenda would be severely restricted by GOP control, the source added. Quote, this is their quote, not mine, because Davey Albert, the New York Times may be listening. This is someone else's quote. Quote, it's going to be armed camps. A little dramatic, but what are they saying there? Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, to get anyone appointed to his administration, to judgeships and to critical positions, needs the Senate to confirm that person. Now, due to Harry Reid's disastrous, for the Democrats that is, wiping clean of the filibustering of nominees rule, they, they now, the Senate can stop a nominee. They don't need 60 votes to stop it. That would be a filibuster. They don't need to filibuster anymore. The Senate now can stop a nominee if Joe Biden wins with only 51 votes. What's the problem? Well, if we have 51 votes, all that talk you heard, Joe, about, oh, Bernie Sanders is going to be whatever, Secretary of State or the Treasury Secretary. Elizabeth Warren is going to be the Secretary of Commerce. Susan Rice is going to be whatever, the Secretary of Defense or Secretary of State. A lot of those plans go, remember like Kaiser Sose at the end of The Usual Suspect? And he was gone. Not only that, if a Supreme Court seat were to open, could block that too. So McConnell, you can't block all of them all the time. It's just not going to work. You do have to have some functioning government. But McConnell is going full cocaine Mitch, apparently, and telling them, listen, if we keep the Senate, you better not send us lunatics. You think, (laughs) Paul is laughing. You think you're going to send us a cabinet of Bernie Sanders, Liz Warren, the ghost of Che Guevara? You're (laughs) out of your mind. That's the good news. (laughs) Well, I'm a little wired today, as you can tell. I got a busy day today. Here's the bad news. The bad news is if we have 51 Republican senators, remember, we don't really have 51. You got your Mitt Romneys. You got your Susan Collinses. Well, I'll take, she was better than the competition. But I'm no, they're not real because you got Murkowski, who's always a disaster. You know, Mitt alone is, I mean, Mitt's more of a Democrat now than anything. You only need to lose one of them because if it gets to 50-50, who breaks a tie? Say he nominates Bernie Sanders for Treasury Secretary or some left-wing socialist radical psycho. You know how Mitt is. Oh, the president's entitled to his people. No, no, that's not what the Constitution says. It doesn't say that at all, Mitt. You know, you're not ready to fight? 
I don't understand. You know, the left is always ready to fight. Murkowski. Oh, no, no, the president's, the president's not entitled to anything. The president's entitled to name someone, the Senate to confirm them. That, that's how the Constitution goes. There's no entitlements clause in the Constitution. So we are going to have to approve some people if Biden wins. Here's another reason he's already a lame duck, Biden, if he wins. Let's hope he doesn't. The left got crushed during the election and they know it. Left got crushed. What do you mean? President Trump may have lost. He may have won too. But ladies and gentlemen, down ballot was a disaster for them. When I tell you that the left actually thought they were going to take the Senate by close to six to 10 seats, they didn't take the Senate at all. I'm not kidding. They thought they had a shot at John Cornyn in Texas, Republican, Lindsey Graham in South Carolina, Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. They spent over $300 million on those races and a few others and lost every one of them. Every single one. Not only that, Nancy Pelosi had these fairy tale like dreams about adding to their Republican, excuse me, Democrat majority in the House. Not only did they not add, it looks like they're going to lose because there's still a lot of open races. Looks like they're going to lose the Democrats up to 10 seats. Not only that, I'll hopefully get this later or maybe tomorrow. There are a bunch of ballot initiatives where the left went down too. Racial preferences, tax hikes in Illinois. Election day was a disaster for the left. Anyone telling you otherwise is lying. Listen, to be fair, don't take it from me. Take it from people who write with a leftist bent. Look at this article in the week. This is in the show notes. This is worth your time. This is not some conservative you know, far right outlet here. Damien Linker, the week quote, the left got crushed. His deadline, not mine. So any of your leftist friends taking a celebratory lap on Twitter, bye Don, see you later. I'm not so sure you realize how bad it was for you on election day. You don't even know Biden won yet, but even if he did, at best, the election day outcome may come back to haunt you just two years from now while lame duck Biden sits in the White House diddling around, not able to get anything done for you at all. Let's go to the article. Again, not written by some right winger warning the left, hey, this was bad for us. Here's this guy, Damian Linker here. He says, hey, listen, there will be no court packing, no added states. Nothing from the toxic progressive fantasy wish list will come anywhere close to passing. Instead, we will have grinding, obstructive gridlock. Some will demand Biden push through progressive priorities by executive order. But every time he does, like every incident of urban rioting and looting, every effort to placate the left wing squad in the House, every micro targeted identity politics, box checks, box checking display of moral preening and finger wagging. The country will move closer, listen to this, to witnessing a conservative backlash that results in Republicans taking control of the House, increasing their margins in the Senate in November of 2022, rendering the Biden administration even more fully dead in the water. Again, folks, I don't know this guy's politics, but he's not some like hard right guy. He's telling leftists, hey, what are we taking a victory lap over? Biden has almost no power, even if he is elected, to do anything with the Senate being in Republican hands. Not only that, every executive order he issues, like Obama did, is going to anger the conservative base, is going to probably marshal a Tea Party-like backlash in the midterms of 2022, where we take the House and Senate, and then probably lead to us winning back the presidency in 2024, where we wipe clean all the executive orders, and then we have the House and Senate again. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Again, don't mistake this for me conceding anything. I want a Donald Trump second term more than anything right now. But I don't want you to be depressed today or give up the fight because that's not what the left does. The left was out in their pink hats the day after Trump won, screaming and yelling like lunatics. They won back significant gains in the midterm. That stuff matters. 
the possibility of a midterm revolt in 2022, if Biden goes in there and tries to do all this left-wing lunatic stuff, is very, very real. And the left is very concerned about it. Second, this author's saying, hey, maybe this should be a moment of self-reflection for us. Maybe all this stuff we thought was so wonderful and all this stuff about Trump's a racist, white supremacist, he's so terrible. You should repudiate Donald Trump tomorrow. Maybe they, we read this all wrong. Listen to this. Asking the left for a moment of self-reflection from this piece in the week. I want you to read this. It's up in the show notes. Check this out. He says, so please, Democrats, look in the mirror and show a little humility. You're not nearly as self-evidently wonderful or widely loved as you'd like to believe. You are not destined to prevail anywhere. You share a country with a large group of people who hate your guts and who aren't going to submit to your rule or go along with your giddy plans to remake the nation in your image. It's time to start acting like you understand this implacable fact and all it implies about the limits of your power and the parameters of the possible. Yeah. Amen, brother. The leftists thought they had a supermajority going into this election. They thought it was going to be a landslide of historic proportions. They were wrong. They were wrong. Now, let me just wrap this segment by telling you, no way the first, I don't believe for a second, the left will self-reflect on anything. You know what they'll do, Joe? They'll double down on crazy because that's what the left does. Yeah. And AOC will run to be like speaker or one of the squad members. I have, which will lead to a 2022 revolt, no doubt. I don't expect people who don't have common sense, like hard leftists, to start acting like they have common sense anytime soon. All right, let me get to my third sponsor and move on. Uh, this, this, you're going to love this. Story. This segment's going to be great. This may run to the end. This is so good. It's about how we need to learn on the right to organize more like the left. You don't have to like them. But you have to admire how they constantly lose political office like they lost to Trump and still seem to win everything. How do we do that? I'm going to tell you in a minute. Today's show brought to you by Helix Sleep. They make personalized mattresses right here in America, shipped straight to your door, free, no contact delivery to, free returns, and a 100-night sleep shot. <laughs> what else? There you go. You can stop right there. But it won't because I love Helix Sleep mattresses. I sleep on one. I sleep on the Midnight Lux. It was customized for, uh, customized for me. How? Did I walk into the factory and start, hey, you do this and that for my mattress? No, I did something simple. I took their two-minute sleep quiz. That's right. It matched my body type to sleep preferences for me. I like to sleep on my side. But if you like to sleep on your back, your stomach, or you sleep really hot, I certainly do. With Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everyone's unique taste, not just mine. Take their two-minute sleep quiz today. Don't wait. Get matched to a mattress for you, not some generic, oh, I see it in the store. It feels come. What do you do? You're going to say you sit on it? <laughs> Great. Take their quiz. You're going to be sleeping on this eight hours a night if you're lucky. Maybe six in the next few days. Maybe two. Either way, make it the best two hours of your life. It's like sleeping on a cloud, the Helix mattress. I wanted something that felt firm, and I sleep on my side, so I have the Midnight Lux. We love it. My daughter loves hers, too. But don't take my word for it. Helix was awarded, Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ Wired Magazine Apartment Therapy. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. It's that simple. They'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your day, of your week, no, of your life. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go today. Go to Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan for up to $200 off your mattress order. Helix also offers exclusive discounts for our military. Thank you for your service. First responders, teachers, and students. Check out their website for more information, helixsleep.com. Slash Dan. Okay. On to this article here. Show's not really heavy with graphics and stuff today because this is more a call, a call to action. We need to learn how to organize and fight more like the left. I'm sorry. I, I wish uh, I wish it were easier, an easier way to tell you that, but we do. I read a great book once by Fred Siegel. It's one of my favorites. Andrew Wilkow loves it too. It's by Fred Siegel. And it's called Revolt Against the Masses. And it is a written history of the left. I, I know sometimes these history books can be dry and boring, but necessary. Not this book. It's a fascinating history about how the liberal left has always, always hated the middle class. That can't be, Dan Joe. Clearly, I phrased that wrong. The left's the party of the little guy. Yeah. We're the party of the poor. The Republicans are party of the rich. 
No, 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 no. When you read the book, Revolt Against, last time I mentioned this book, by the way, it jumped like 100,000 spots on Amazon. So my audience, <laughs> you all are great. I, I don't get any, I have nothing to do with the book. I'm not the publisher. Or I'm just telling you, it's a great book. I promote their people's books more than I promote my own. Sometimes. Revolt Against the Masses. It talks about how the left has always hated the middle class. Always. They're not talking about rank and file working Democrats hating. I'm talking about the organized radical left has hated you if you were in the middle class for decades, if not centuries. And he talks about all of these. Uh, maybe I owe you. Do I owe you a little? I do owe you a little explanation as to why that is, because I teased the book. Yeah. He goes through in the book in great detail about how. Early settlers in the United States that that became the radical leftists of even today, the ideological lineage of the left, always worshipped the European aristocracy. You know where you were born into titles, Joe? I'm the Duke of Armacost in Scotland. Yes, do you actually sir. know it? Why do I have to? Why do I have to kiss your ass? Because I'm the Duke. But do you actually have any skills or contribute to say? My skill is I'm the Duke. That's it. Liberals love that. Because, you know, they have the whole gentleman C thing that liberal, if you were the Duke, you'd go to school, you'd get a gentleman C, you'd barely show up, and you would be deemed the academic elite, and you would tell everybody, your little serfs and your servants in the area, how, how stuff is going to go down. I was going to say something else, but we're on terrestrial radio. Liberals always want that because liberals hate democracy in the middle class. They want to be the aristocracy, and they want to be the Duke of Stewart, where I live in Florida. The Duke of Stewart. They want to be costumed and have their Duke costume. They, they, they worship the European aristocracy. They hate the fact that the middle class can vote and vote them out. They want to tell you your car stinks. Gasoline is terrible. You should go work in solar panels rather than you dirty fracking workers. And if I dirty workers, they deplorable, smelly, stinky Walmart people. Shop in Walmart. What losers. You need to be like the Duke. The Duke doesn't shop in Walmart. With all you deplorable, non-deodorant wearing fools. That's what the leftists want. AOC with her $14,000 suit on the cover of whatever it was, Vanity Fair. They hate the middle class. Remember AOC when Amazon wanted to move a uh, 14,000 or some 140,000, whatever jobs into Queens, where I grew up in New York. AOC, you will not move that here. I am the Duke of Jackson Heights or the Duchess. They hate you, the left. They've learned to organize against you. And the way Siegel describes, he describes this triad. The left uses three distinct groups of people to instill power that's not necessarily legislative power a cultural power against you. They use the media where they're just straight up leftists, congressional committees and activists. Activists push to save the polar bears. You know, like polar bears are all dying everywhere. Yeah, it was in front of the activists. They went in front of a congressional committee and they, they showed a picture of a dead polar. Oh my gosh, the polar bears are dying. Everywhere. And next thing you know, there's a nationwide save. I'm not knocking polar bears. I'm just telling you how it works. They show you a picture of a starving polar bear. Everybody thinks, oh my gosh. The polar bears are dead everywhere, and it becomes a national issue. Then the media highlights it. Don't forget the triad. Media, congressional committees run by liberals, in many cases, and activists. That's how the left gets an issue into your brain. Save the speckled tooth pelican. You're like, the speckled tooth pelican is so important. No, no, we're in the middle of a coronavirus. Maybe that's important. No, no, the speckled tooth pelican first. We need to use our own power and figure this out. How do we do it? There's a piece up at the American Conservative. It's really good. Really good. I want you to read this in the show notes. I want you to print this, as a matter of fact. Seriously. Print it. Staple it to every single Tea Party, conservative, and libertarian group in your neighborhood's front door. How the Right Can Organize Like the Left by David Hines. Ooh, this is a doozy. You know what? Let me get to my last spot and I'm going to go into this piece, but this segment is going to be a keeper forever because it walks you through piece by piece how to do this. 
Today's show, finally, our last sponsor brought to you by our friends at Allform. Ladies and gentlemen, Allform. You may say, gosh, Allform, they can't be as great as Helix. Well, <laughs> Helix Mattresses, listen, if you've been listening to my show for a while, you probably heard me talk about Helix Mattresses. So I got good news. Helix has gone beyond the bedroom and started making sofas too. And they're pretty darn awesome. We have one. They just launched a new company called Allform, and they're making premium, customizable sofas and chairs ship right to your door. All form is the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You can pick your fabric, spill, stain, and scratch resistant. The sofa color, the color of the legs, sofa size and shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your house. They've got armchairs. They've got love seats all the way up to an eight seat sectional. So there's something for everyone. We have one in my daughter's room. She loves it. Paula put it together in about 15 minutes. She did. She's showing me her hands now. I watched her do it. You can always start small and buy more seats later. All form sofas are delivered directly to your door with fast, free shipping. In the past, if you wanted to order a sofa, it could take weeks, even months to arrive, and you need to get someone there to come and assemble it. Not with all form. They have simple, quick assembly. No tools are even needed. I got an all form sofa for our daughter. We absolutely love it in her room. She loves it too. The only problem is she's been spending too much time on it lately. You got to get out of the room. And if getting a sofa without trying it in the store sounds a little risky, don't worry. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. It's more than three months. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free, give you a full refund. That's simple. They have a forever warranty. Did you hear that? Literally forever. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M dot com slash Dan. And allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners. Allform.com slash Dan. Get that 20% off today. All right. Thanks all form and Helix. We appreciate it. So as I said, we have to learn from the left how to use power outside of elected office to change the country for the better. So in this piece, the American conservative, they go through it. Let's go through lesson number one. The left learned a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen, that if they were going to inflict political, cultural, damage on us as conservatives that they have to inflict material losses. The left makes things painful for us. Really painful. They try. Boycotts, secondary boycotts. So one of the points the author makes in this piece is maybe we should learn to inflict material losses on the left. I'm just throwing the idea out there. Let's Go to the piece here. And he says this, a little long, but man, is this worth your time? The Republicans had the House, the Senate, and the presidency for two years. And they didn't consider repealing that law. They're talking about a law that makes it illegal to block access to an abortion clinic or amending it to give public buildings and thoroughfares the same protection as abortion clinics, effectively shutting down many leftist shenanigans. Keep that up a second, Paul. But uh, in other words, saying, well, that's... You know, weird. You're not allowed to, uh, you know, block access to an abortion clinic, but you're allowed to block access to just about everywhere else. So the author's like, that sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? The Republicans didn't even defund Planned Parenthood. By contrast, Democrats aren't even back in power yet, and they're already making noises about repealing Taft-Hartley and allowing unions to use secondary boycotts. That's when activist groups like Sleeping Giants do when they target companies that advertise on places like Breitbart. Left, listen, listen, this is this takeaway. Golden rule number one for the leftists you should pay close attention to. Leftists know that if your enemy has a successful tactic, make it illegal or impractical. If your friends are hampered by legislation, change it to empower them. That Planned, power, uh, planned Parenthood example is key in that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to really impact change, Sometimes voting just isn't enough. When we vote, we need to pressure the politicians on our side to inflict material losses on the left like the left has done to us. They want to boycott? Maybe we should boycott too. I was against that years ago and spoke out against it. I hate boycotts. I think they're ridiculous and absurd. But if they want to do it, and maybe we should do it too. And maybe there'll be a moment when both sides sit down and say, this really isn't working because we're both getting crushed right now financially. Why are we funding Planned Parenthood? 
Why are we funding an organization terminating life in the womb? Why are we doing that? Why isn't Planned Parenthood suffering material losses from taxpayers? Why? Why are they still being paid? Fascinating point. Inflict material losses. That's what the left's been doing to us forever. Second point. To donors out there. Stop funding all this national stuff all the time. It's great, but your money's better used locally. This is a terrific, terrific point. Quote, if you're a donor to one politician or many, don't put quite so much funding into TV commercials for national politicians. Instead, put money into building infrastructure where you live with your local party and local activists. Your money can provide cost-effective on-ramps for solid new candidates to get their foot in the door. And when it comes to activism, forget about giving tons of money to big national groups. Give modest amounts to a few local groups and tell your fellow donors to do the same. Remarkably, small amounts of cash can support an activist culture that not only feeds the party, but creates stronger conditions on the ground, not with attention-getting stunts, but with careful, thoughtful work. Yes. 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 Folks, Michael Bloomberg. Now far leftist lunatic. He wasn't always that way. Spent $100 million to get Biden elected in Florida. Biden lost in Florida by a historic amount. Paula, how often were the TV commercials for Biden running? Get out here. I live in Florida. Uh, not only every commercial break, multiple times within the commercial break. And Biden lost by what could be close to four points when it's said and done. National money and TV ads, ladies and gentlemen, you got to get on TV. You have to be on TV, but are largely wasted. Nobody's voting according to a TV commercial. I'm really sorry. Spend that money locally. Let me give you an example of what I mean. I lived in Maryland. Joe's there now, right now. Maryland's a far, far left state. President Trump lost there by close to 30 points. Oh, yeah. Far left. It's been largely lost to conservatives for a long time. I ran in Maryland twice. There was a group there that fought back against a rain tax. It was a tax on impervious services. How it worked was complicated. I'll leave it for another day, but Joe remembers it well. The rain tax. It was, it made people furious. If you had a flat roof in a warehouse, you got a tax bill for something like 20, 30 grand. Yeah. People, Democrats, Republicans were furious. So furious. That a Republican governor not only won in Maryland, I'm not a huge fan of this guy, but to be fair, won in Maryland, but won re-election by a landslide. I'm telling you that started with the rain tax and a local issue where local activists went out there, sat there on the corners waving signs, started local Facebook groups, started going into the state assembly and, and, and having their voices heard at open hearings started talking to the press and figuring out how to use the press, started staging events. It led to a revolt in Maryland that led to some real change over there. Now, the Republican governor of Maryland, even though he's dominated by leftists in the state assembly and state state delegates and state senate, he is going to be ultimately in charge of the redistricting effort in Maryland where I can almost guarantee you Maryland that has seven Democrats and one Republican in the United States uh, Congress, I can almost guarantee you that once the redistricting in Maryland happens, that there's going to be at least one more Republican seat in Maryland, possibly two. How does that affect you? Because ladies and gentlemen, what if there's some vote comes down on something like Obamacare again with Biden, where it was literally down to one, two, or three votes on either side? At any given point, what if that vote is the seat that comes up in Maryland all because of the rain tax and the Republican governor that got in there? Play the short game, play the long game, but play the game exactly like they play it. So lesson number one, material losses matter. Lesson number two, local money matters a whole lot more than national money. Let's go to lesson three. Build power locally, too. From the piece. If you're a grassroots voter, your first job is go look for a group today. Don't imagine exactly what you want in your head and go looking for that, expecting to find it in the, to the letter. You're not. That, does, that only works in uh, you know, romance novels. Find a group, meet people, and build out of it. 
If you're an activist, you have two jobs now. Grow your group locally and make connections with other local groups. Forget about big national stuff. Build power where you are, first and foremost. Triple amen. Let me give you an example again. First example was immaterial losses. I give you the example of Planned Parenthood. Why are they getting our money? Second example, the rain tax example in Maryland that led to systemic change. Let me give you a third example about building power locally. We have a group down here, Club 45. It's a pro-Trump group in Palm Beach County. All they do is activism. They register voters locally. They have meetings where they have speakers come in, teaching them how to be activists. They're out there waving signs on the corner. I have no doubt that President Trump's exceptional performance in Palm Beach County, where they are, exceptional performance is largely attributed to this local group that fought on the ground there locally, fights for local issues, and they have meetings with thousands of people at them. I did a book signing there before the plague. I've never seen a crowd like that. We ran out of books. Organize locally. Meet with other groups. Don't look for the perfect group out there. Oh, I'm about the fair tax. Me too. I love the fair tax. There's a bunch of fair tax supporter groups. You know, get with another group. Maybe they don't support the fair tax. Maybe they support a flat tax, but you have a lot in common. You know what you have in common? Economic liberty. That's how you build power. I'm not telling you disregard the national stuff that matters. But as Jordan Peterson says in his book, clean up your own room first before you go changing the world. Locally act. Folks, I'm going to end with this story today. I'm sorry. I had a lot more to get to. We'll, ugh, I'll have to stick it with tomorrow's, tomorrow's stuff. Sorry. Can we finish with my, my video at least? Because I'll use that to tease tomorrow's show. But uh, I, I just... I, I want to end with my personal story on this and I don't like, you know, doing this, but it matters. Folks, I was not into running for office or being an activist at all. I loved politics pretty much my whole adult life, but I wasn't into being, I don't like, I'm, for those of you people who know me, my friends who listen to the show, I am, I don't like being around groups of people. I never went to groups. I'm just not comfortable around groups of people. Me going to a meeting, right, Paul, is like an act of God. Getting me out of the house is like really a big deal. Because I just, uh, you know, it's a long story. When Obama won, I knew something had to happen. And the first thing I did that night is I emailed a guy. His name was Jerry Walker. He was a Republican activist in Anne Arundel County where I lived in Maryland. I forget. He think he was a GOP head for Anne Arundel County at the time. I don't know what he's up to now. I still remember the email. I still have the email. And I said, listen, how do I, what do I, what do I do? What do I do? I just looked him up online. I lived in Anne Arundel County, Maryland. I, I put in uh, a search engine, Republicans, Anne Arundel County, Maryland. The group came up and it said, contact us here. Wasn't hard. I emailed him. He got back to me the next day and he said, hey, Dan, happy to have you on board. There's a meeting of the local Republicans are called the Elephant Club. You should go on Thursday. I would not be here today if it was not for that first meeting. I am not kidding. I walked in the door, a little shy. You know, I'm not kidding. I just, it's, it's a little emotional for me because I think of how much my life changed by that one email. And I walked in the door and it was about 12 really nice men and women. They, I mean, none of them was under the age of 65. I was at the time in my 30s. And they kind of looked at me puzzled like, they had, I don't think they had had a new member in 15 years. But I went to every one of those meetings for probably, what, four years, five years? Every one of those meetings. Had my coffee with the, and I'm, you know what I learned? Everything. I would never be here without that group. Start locally. Clean up your own bedroom first in your own neighborhood, and we can fix this thing. But your power is local. Don't forget that. All right. Um, on tomorrow's show, I'm going to cover how President Trump is really owed a debt of gratitude regardless of the outcome. And I mean that. That's not me kissing his butt or trying to worship the golden calf. It's a fact. President Trump did some really special things. I usually don't play clips of myself, but I don't want to. I said this last night on Hannity. He got a lot of feedback on it. It's about a minute clip. I'm going to play this and I'll cover more of it tomorrow. 
what I meant specifically. Check this out. Sean, can we be candid? I mean, the series of candidates we had running against Donald Trump in 2016 were nice guys. Some of them are friends. But do you honestly think any of them would have beat Hillary Clinton? Um, a lot of them wouldn't have had any appeal in Wisconsin. I mean, the fact that we're even talking about Wisconsin and Michigan tonight, uh, the fact that we're even talking about them, that they were close, are close. Uh, you know, we don't know. I'm not sure what the outcome will be until every vote is counted. But we're, we're having these conversations. Sean, do you know what the nickname for Pennsylvania was for Republicans before Donald Trump? Ari knows. It was called fool's gold because every Republican would chase Pennsylvania and get and face plant like a buffoon and lose by 10 points. Donald Trump's up in Pennsylvania right now for the second election in a row. You owe the man a debt of gratitude for telling working class Americans hey, and Hispanics, yes, you give a damn. We care about you. We are not the party of the aristocrats. That's the Democrats with their bow ties and their foie gras lunches. That's not us. We're the ones in this for you and your work and your kids and your health care. More on that tomorrow because it's important regardless of the outcome of this election. But stay optimistic. Keep your chin up. There's still a path to victory. Uh, we're not giving up. You want to give up, you got the wrong show. Very sorry. But you may want to find someone else's show because that ain't this one. Please subscribe to the show, folks. It's all free. I really need you to do that. If you wouldn't mind, uh, please. The subscriptions matter. It's free. We don't charge our listeners or viewers anything. You want to watch the show, subscribe at rumble.com slash Bongino. Just click subscribe. There's no cost to you at all. But the subscriptions help us move up the charts. And important, the Apple charts matter. Those charts are updated every 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Please go to your podcast app on your phone. Everybody has it on your iPhone or wherever you get your podcasts. And click subscribe. Go to Apple Podcasts. Look for the Dan Bongino Show. And please click subscribe. Again, it's free. The subscriptions drive you up the charts. It's not just the listens. It's, I know, it's kind of weird. But it helps other people find us. We really appreciate it. I will see you all tomorrow. Don't miss tomorrow's show. We'll have the... Pre and post surgery edition in the same show. We'll see if I look any worse for the wear afterwards. It'll be exciting. Don't miss it. See you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.